Greetings, Rebels. Welcome back to the Rebels Rewatch. Today we're talking about the Honorable Ones. So hopefully uh, everyone can hear a little bit of difference in us. Um, yeah. You know, we recently found Jesus, and so... Uh, <laughs> um, no, we, we got uh, some new recording equipment and whatnot. That'll be more featured. You'll be able to uh, see the effects of that more in how we're going to be doing our YouTube channel more we already post all of our normal episodes to youtube now um and we weren't exactly waiting just for this to do youtube better but we've been wanting to and this definitely does help with that mm -hmm. so uh to see the full effect you can check out our youtube channel starting with next week's uh main show rebels is always going to be a podcast only because uh we only talk rebels with people who put things in their ears yes. not in their eyes uh, but all the other stuff is equal opportunity uh, consumption. Yeah, these are like super crunchy mics. Yeah, so um, if there's adjustments or if you have input, uh, if it sounds different, if it, you know, just anything, yeah. just uh, communicate so we can work on that. Uh, we want to definitely try and perfect it. It's all new. I mean, it's we've got a lot more control over audio uh, than normal, so... We want to uh, get, hear from you guys uh, on the other end how this ends up translating. So yeah. that's and the only tried and true way of knowing. Oh, yeah. And there's definitely going to be, like, a learning curve with how we podcast. I mean, there always has been, but, like, with new recording equipment, yeah. there's always yeah, we've things got, to find. Yeah, um, we've got more possibilities, and we're all excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, what it's, I think it's open format, yeah. and he used it. So, uh, but yeah, so um, all kinds of possibilities. We're we're gonna try and be responsible though. <laughs> um, but who who knows? I mean, going to very no promises. What do you over and press a button? See, so you guys can see what else we can do on the podcast. Our oh, dang it! <laughs> this is a robot. Yeah, it sounds more demonic than anything. Alright. So, Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we are continuing, uh, we teased it last week, uh, we are continuing with character focus, uh, at least for this episode. The next one, not so much, but the next one's really fun. But, um, this one, uh, the Honorable Ones. Um, this one's interesting because it's not only a single character focus, but it's actually a new character focus, because... Um, not only do we get to spend some time hanging out with Zeb, but uh, we also get to hang out with Agent Callus. Yes, we do. Um, he is pretty straight cut the villain of the show for right now. I mean, obviously Vader and big characters and everything, but mm -hmm. the Saturday morning reoccurring villain, I would say, is definitely Agent Callus. Well, yeah, ever since they killed his boss, he's been kind of, well, not his boss, I mean, but... Uh, project manager, uh, <laughs> like he was in charge for a period, not, but not he he lacked the credentials to be actually superior. He's the district manager. <laughs> uh, let's see who who is the okay. So he's the district manager. The general manager, I guess, would be the step up, or would that be a step down? It depends on your company, actually. Yeah. So general manager, I'm assuming, would be uh, Tarkin. And then above him is, like, 
I don't know. I've only worked retail for a little while, but Vader is next. And then Palpatine. Well, well really, no. I mean, Palpatine's kind of proven that Vader's sort of independent, but I would even say on equal grounds as, like, Tarkin was. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely got some more responsibility in there, but, um, yeah, the, the whole hierarchy and ranking system of the Empire is a little confusing, but um, Agent Khaled, I mean, because even Agent, that's a new thing. Um, yeah. Like, that's not a very clear cut. Where did he fall on everything? But clearly he's pretty in charge because he's normally the one calling the shots in terms of get those rebels and whatnot. Um, and that's pretty much the case here. Um, I don't recall why, um, and I even thought about this during the episode, um, they go to investigate around Geonosis, but I don't remember anything that prompts or explains why that's prompted. But they go to explore some structures on Geonosis, and um, they even scan the planet for life and come to find out they're, they detect nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decide to investigate a couple of superstructures that are sort of in the orbit. Like, a lot of people forget that Geonosis actually has rings, and you can kind of see that through this episode. It has very Saturn-like rings. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those rings are these sort of like, you know the nut that holds in uh, Iron Giant's jaw? Yes, I do. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it looks exactly like that. Um, it's based on concept art for the multiple Star Dish- or, uh, Death Stars that was originally going to be in Episode 6. Originally, there was going to be an army of Death Stars, much like Episode 9. Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds very familiar. But they, they looked like this, uh, which is actually a pretty cool design, in fact. Uh, it's not too dissimilar to the Star Crusher, the Sun something uh, something from legends that jason solo stole anyway so they they they're, don't get far in investigating this because apparently agent callus and them were just waiting there yeah. so again that that's what confused me because i was like wait so did they like pick up a signal that put them there like i, I if if i missed something i missed something but um nonetheless this the spung is trapped Yes, they do the very villain thing of hiding behind a door that's about to be open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of a droid fight. And overall, everybody except Zeb's able to uh, get back to the, the ship. And you kind of don't need to see the episode promo to kind of figure out how that's going to go. Because it's like, oh, I'll catch up. He's not catching up. No. He does get pushed into an escape, or he does escape in an escape pod and is yeah. followed by Callus. Well, well, first of all, so they're running away and he's like, just go, I'll, I'll get my own way, I'll get an escape pod. Okay, how do you know on this derelict thing that they're still there? <laughs> like, he's know. hoping a lot. There's always an escape pod for a hero. So, yeah, so he gets in, and then Agent Callus being the just... The difficult, rowdy boy that he Right, like, he just jumps in there and starts sucker punching. And, like, even after they launch the ship, like, as soon as the pod leaves, like, mm-hmm. I can understand trying to prevent him from leaving. As soon as it leaves, though, I would be relegated to, all right, it's really not worth shooting you. I know I can't fight you. How about we just get to the planet, and then we sort this out like gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> With our fists. Right. Um. No, they're wrestling about, because um, I think it would have gone to Geonosis. But it turns out it goes to one of its moons. Um, yes. Which, it's so funny that a desert, uh, well, sort of desert planet, desert valley planet has an ice moon. Yeah. 
That is kind of weird. This is the independent ecosystem of Star Wars planets, you know. Yeah, it's like Endor. Oh, we only got ice here. <laughs> this is an ice planet, friend. See, you, we, judge, we judge our planets by ice or no ice. <laughs> no ice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you kind of see the setup here. They crash on this planet, and it's two enemies who clearly kind of have to work together. They don't have to, but Zeb does take the honorable route pretty quick where once yeah. he realizes that because um, Callus like broke his leg or something he goes to he's like yeah I could shoot you right now but or then he just <laughs> yanks him out of the pod and just like eh you're you're, you're no harm to anybody like it's just I, I kind of understand that I mean having learned what we just learned about him being a captain of the honor guard of his people and everything I can see now why he would make this kind of decision yeah definitely like he, like you said, pretty quickly goes into, well, you're not very useful right now. can't fight you, so therefore nanny time. Right, versus Callus, who would very much be, like, he would just put down Zeb more than likely and just be like, okay, that's done. Now mm -hmm. to figure out how to get off this planet. But Callus would have died without Zeb because Zeb has a little bit more survival skill, I think, because, you know, he's exploring the caves. He's trying to figure out how to get out and all this other stuff. Um, and... They find these, like, little glowy rocks. I don't yeah. think they explain it. But it's a meteorite. That's what he says, but what, how, what science tells you that? Okay. Well, I found like, this in a pot. <laughs> this is my meteorite. It, it fell from space. It's going to keep you warm. Somehow. Because apparently... If, how is it okay. a meteorite, though? If that's what the... That's what I it. know that's what it says, but how? Okay. How did it get there? A, <laughs> it's meteor a meteorite stays in space. A cool. meteorite hits the Earth sure. or the planet, and uh -huh. then... Um, so why is it glowing it and hot? Because it <laughs> started burning up on reentry. And it just stayed hot on a cold planet? Listen, John, like, it's faking in space. There's so many other ways they could have explained it. I, I'm cool with the glowy, warm rock thing. I, I like that. It's yeah. a nice memento. The thing is, if, um, it's, if it's hot enough to keep you warm, wouldn't it burn his fingers off? It, 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 there's, it can give off heat. It doesn't... So I can understand that thinking in the science of like um, a, a portable heater in that you've got radiator coils that literally generate heat within themselves mm -hmm. to produce the heat. That's why this doesn't make sense to me is because it would make more sense if this was a very strange type of organic rock that... And I know all rocks are organic, but I mean the heat generated is organic. Like for instance... Your body rests at about 98 degrees. That's pretty freaking hot. And that's just from existing. Thanks, babe. <laughs> so it'd make more sense if it's like the heat that it's giving off is its natural heat, something like that. Now, you can get hotter by running or physically exerting yourself. That's basically what radiator coils do. They, ex like, they stress themselves and have currents run through them to generate the heat. So radiating heat versus holding temperature like this isn't like touching a hot pan i don't think Welcome i think this is i think this is like holding a hot cat like <laughs> like you know warm warming your lap with a cat or something like I that i found this it's vibrating <laughs> um so they have i mean they for the most part get along fine i mean they they yeah. have snide comments and everything but of course okay well if they're not going to kiss without effort then 
enter the Banzoni or or whatever bon, Bonzami or whatever. I think that's called a Zamboni. John. It's it's what they named it after. Um, it looks like a freaking Guillermo del Toro uh, kaiju <laughs> from Pacific Rim. I just expect John Boyega to come and punch it. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of kaiju could be like defeated punched by just, John Boyega. Just by John Boyega. <laughs> but get John Boyega and Idris Elba together, and They're we'll save the planet. The um, so yeah, so Beast shows up, so they got to work together, and and that's all this episode's about is the pragmatism, and uh, you know what I, what I do like. And it's not unique to this. This is doing what so many other stories do with, you know, arch rivals um, throughout, in that it's humanizing them. Uh, it humanizes both sides. So the rebels get humanized to Callus. Callus gets humanized to Zeb. <laughs> it's this idea of learning that people are not static. People are neither light nor dark. They're not just cut and dry. They're more complex than that. And to take sides is such an archaic stupid method of approaching life mm-hmm. um to take this side of well you're not empire so you're bad well you are empire so you're bad you know um uh, when callus talks about the story about how you know uh they were sent to uh pacify a planet uh, which is the empire's way of saying take over but you know neither here nor there like how how often do you think the ground troops really know what you know the president's intentions and orders and beliefs are they in, in the world run by the Empire, you take the job you can get. Mm-hmm. And especially if you already existed in the Republic era, you kind of just carried over. It's just new management. So your idea is, I'm just going to push pencils. Surely it can't be that bad. I don't agree with the Emperor. I don't agree with all of the stuff. But what, am I, what else am I supposed to do? At least I have some benefits. And that's Callus's perspective. And he's living that life until some rogue Lassat kills his buddies. Um, like this is, you know, just your generic, like roadside bomb story of that changed my life kind of thing. And I'm not real life roadside bombs, IEDs, all that stuff, real trauma. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, you know, Tony Stark, you know, had an, had an oopsie and all of a sudden my life's changed. Um, except in Callus's case, it's, you know, my guys were killed for no reason mm-hmm. because this guy, this Lassat decided to, and he internalized that. And when he got the chance, he took it. You know, when he got the chance to, he didn't see a problem. He viewed a whole people based on one. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of lots of commentary in uh, in this episode, in this perspective, I think. Oh, yeah. And something that's not a huge character development thing, but something that I just adore in Star Wars that I've been thinking about for, like, the last few minutes. While I ramble. While you ramble? Yeah. Yeah, I listen, but I was thinking about something else, too. But um, something that I love in Star Wars is their mashing together of two weapons to make a new weapon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The bow rifle is really cool. Oh, yeah. Because it's a combination of a bow staff and, of course, a rifle. Mm -hmm. You have uh, Chewie's bow caster, which is a crossbow and a blaster, basically. Oh, yeah. And it's just so funny sometimes. Yeah. Um, I recently got the Black Series Zeb figure, and I really love what they were able to do with the... Um, with the bow rifle, mm-hmm. it's it's a really fun weapon. I I prefer it as um a bow staff. I think that's a very cool weapon. But mm-hmm. I like the versatility of being able to also turn it into a shotgun. Oh yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And something else we find out um is that Callus got his bow rifle honorably. Honorably. Yeah. So um, 
you know, he he was doing his job as an Imperial and apparently ran into one and they fought and rite of passage, hey, you killed me fair and square, have this rifle. Like, the only problem I do have with this is, and, and maybe this could be chalked up to his character getting degraded and eroded and his moral being shifted by being in the Empire for so long, but season one, Callus was very evil, yeah. taunty, like, oh yeah, I took this from... You know, again, that could be just, well, that's what happens when you're around corrupted people. You get corrupted. Yeah. It could also be they didn't have that all planned out beforehand. And then they realized, hey, we got to save lamb's chops. Um, <laughs> you know, we need to have a scene of a piggyback ride between these two great characters. It is a great piggyback um, ride. Please though. stop shipping them, internet. I mean, <laughs> you know, rule 34 and all, but stop, please. <laughs> like, one piggyback ride does not a relationship make. <laughs> Although... If you look at them a certain way, they make a full facial hair. Like <laughs> oh, yeah, got he's got the little... goatee. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. If you put it together, what do you got? Hair. <laughs> um, oh, so gosh. all in all, they're able to escape. I mean, there's not much in and out. The character development's the main thing of this story that's great. I really enjoy the ending because mm-hmm. um, Zeb gets picked up by the ghost crew first, and it's just very, oh, Told, you, you know, I knew you'd be looking for me, and all. And it's just very, it's ghost crew. It's what you expect. Callus yeah. um, gets picked up, and it he has to walk himself all the way back to his court. Like, there's just this walk of shame, you know, while he's going through to get to his quarters. Like, did he, is not, is anyone rushing to check him out? Like, is anybody worried about him? Like, he bumps into his commander in the hallway, and he's like, commander? Uh, you know, and he's like, Agent Callus, and you know, and this is that sinking moment of crap. I just got some perspective. Yeah. Now everything I thought was taking care of me is actually just as bad as they say it is. Like yeah. once you can, you know, oh, you know, my 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 grass is pretty green. You know, it's got some life. I know some people say it's not as great as theirs, but my I I think it's pretty green. Then you actually hold it up to another piece of grass. Oh wow. Turns out it's green, but it's not as green as it could be. It's not vibrant. And that's basically what he's got going on here. I think that the gallery caption sums it up pretty well, which is, Once Callus returns to the Empire, however, there is no joyous reunion, no warm hello. He retreats to his quarters with the meteorite, a memento of experience on the Geonosis moon, and sits alone. Yeah. Sad. I like this. Well, and that's what I like about it is because... It emphasizes, again, that perspective that he has now. Mm -hmm. This was not sad to him two days ago. This only became sad because he saw something else. And that's what, you know, leads people to the light and everything. And and symbolically, he took the meteorite with him. He's got a little piece of the light that he's been shown with him. Mm -hmm. What he does with it, who knows, probably cuddles it at night. but Probably, which is it was a little sad. Um, none, nonetheless, I thought this was a, a really good episode. Oh, yeah. I, I love character development. Um, these are the kinds of episodes that really made me like Zeb. Zeb was cool, but once he started getting developed here in season two, uh, originally was when I really started to really dig him and everything. Cause you know, Kanan and Ezra seem to, as far as the boys side, get all the love and everything. But Zeb's a really, really great character when you learn the multifacets of him. Oh yeah, he's like the quintessential middle child a lot of the time. 
Yeah. Where he doesn't get a ton of attention. But he loves everybody. Exactly. And he's the one that not only talks about fighting on your behalf, but absolutely will. And he'll probably kill the guy. <laughs> yeah, like Justin, my metal brother. Moving on to Shroud of Darkness. So we move to a slightly different episode. Um, yes, different ex- vibes. Exciting because um, breaking into bigger things. Um, but different in that this is a very Jedi episode. Um, you know, it's interesting going back and rewatching these episodes and realizing how little Jedi-ness there is. I mean, it's definitely there and it's a part of, you know, obviously the two major characters yeah. of Kanan and Ezra. But overall, it's 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 a part. It's, it's not the main deal it's not like the prequels where the whole thing is it's all jedi all the time it's mm-hmm. it's very much just a component of these characters lives and and this journey yeah and i there, there are bits of this episode that i don't think you were expecting me to latch on to <laughs> like with a lot of rebels like i i have i i mean i think in general, I'm pretty good with predictions and, and guesses and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oh, wait, no, that's the next episode. Sorry. <laughs> I I thought of, uh, what's his name? Oh, man. AP5? N- no. The, the, pro- the Professor Snape droid? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. AP5. AP5, yeah. He's in the next episode. But, like, there's things that you know I'm going to latch on to. Like, stuff like that. But oh, okay. there's stuff that catches both of us off guard sometimes. Like? Like the uh, other Inquisitor, the other... Uh, oh, yeah, gotcha. Spinny boy. Yeah, he's a something-something uh, jumper. Like, I can't remember the <laughs> exactly word. They're jumper. based on, like, monkeys. They're, they're based on, like, lemurs, the characters. Um, the one episode of The Clone Wars that um, Ahsoka was hunting with this... Uh, Terra Sanube. Um, they were hunting down these murderers. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The yeah. remember she went on this like parkour chase. Yes. Yeah, that that's that species. Um, they're just like natural acrobatics apparently. So they're like Khajiit in uh, the Elder Scrolls. You know you're saying something I don't understand. Someone out there will, and I give that person a spiritual high five. There you go. So um. Yeah, in, in this one it starts off as many have so far in that they are just hunting for a base. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a base and apparently they ran into Inquisitor trouble because we come in the middle of a duel. Yeah. And so um, this starts a realization for Kanan that, look, they're just trying to do rebel business. They're just trying to look for a base. And they can't even do that without running into the Inquisitors. And that's making it difficult for the rest of the rebels. Although there is a very cute moment in the beginning there where Kanan and the sister have a moment because they're played by a married couple. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what she said. But like, <laughs> <laughs> she Me neither, apparently. Or um, I see, oh, yeah, I think I know what you're... Yeah, because yeah. it's like, I'm not into crazy or something like... I don't remember. So I'm um, not into crazy anymore, I oh, think yeah. is the line. <laughs> it's something... Yeah, because we both were like, wait. They're married. Yeah. Um... So yeah, so uh, this is sort of the I'm putting the rest of the people in danger that mm-hmm. I love kind of realization for Kanan. And so um, first they turn to Ahsoka and Ahsoka's like, I don't know. 
She's like, I would, uh, I would ask Master Yoda, but he dead. And they're like, no, we've talked to him. Mm-hmm. And um, so they go to Lothal where this happened. Um, which, good on them for bringing something back in such a interesting way. Because it's just very much like, man, I wish we could talk to the old Jedi. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, we kind of did a few episodes ago. Yeah, There's also a great scene uh, between Ahsoka and a holocron. That's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, for some reason, wanted to call it a holocron, but I know there's an R in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But she's watching a holocron of Anakin teaching saber technique. Mm-hmm. Which well, is... he's, Ezra's watching it. Oh, she yeah. walks in on him. Uh, she wait. walks on in, in on him watch, watching his holocron. No, she's watching it, and he walks in. Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> But it was a heart-wrenching moment that it got me. Yeah, it's uh, very much her Obi-Wan moment of, you know, best pilot and, you know, uh, the galaxy and a good friend kind of moment. It's that very much like, oh, he was the best. He was the greatest. He, mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, I was lucky to have him as a master. Like all those reminiscing moments and everything. And obviously it, it's painful for her to reminisce. Um but yeah, so they head to the temple on Lothal, which if you forgot about, understandable, it's been a long time since they've been there. Yeah. And that's what's so great about the callback to it of, why don't we just go back to the place where it happened? Instead of like, well, maybe if we all hold hands and try and concentrate, maybe we can just re- reach Yoda. Uh, but I think this highlights, there is just, the force is just more connected to certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk all the time about the chosen one and, strong in the force and blah 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 but what about the chosen place like there, there's so many places that seem to be so much more in tune with the force uh like lethal so they go there and much like last time where ezra and kanan had their own experiences all three of them here have their own experience i would say though kanan gets the the better he gets, <laughs> he gets the big one yeah he gets a very big one which the reveal at the end of the episode is incredible I mean, you can say it. They, they know that we don't we don't shy spoilers on this. Oh yeah. Well, it turns out that Kanan has a. I was surprised with... you didn't get this. I didn't like it. I I was just mostly <laughs> surprised because of the voice. Yeah. I thought you know, Jason think... Isaacs is such a oh yeah specific kind of voice. I think it's just been so long since I've heard his voice in Rebels that Which like is it like there's such a temptation in storytelling like this to bring back. A character too soon for oh because that would be such a great moment and this was yeah. a great moment but part of it was great because like you said it it it's been so long yeah so many other characters have been important since the grand inquisitor oh yeah it caught me completely off guard right when it like happened. we we completely removed him from the roster at this point so having him literally just slide back in there yeah um and, also, and just a little bit of backstory for him yes because this is not just visionary this like this was he was a temple guard Mm-hmm. He was a temple guard when he made the decision to uh, join the dark side. And arguably, so um, interestingly enough, um, if you notice in episode three when Anakin goes up with all those troops, they're not really stopped by anybody, mm-hmm. you know, like temple guards. Yeah, oh no. So a lot of people have theorized maybe that's because he took care of them. Like he had already, he was already turned before this. Like, as if there was almost, you know, the same way that he sent out this call of execute order 66. Oh, hang on. Let me try something. Oh, go ahead. 
execute order 66. Do it again, but with the baby Two voice. E. Okay, hang on. We said we would be responsible. Um, But yeah, so like some people have theorized, like, um, so he sends out that call, but simultaneously there's a Sith code where he contacts all these, like, on the fence Jedi, like, hey, now's the time. If you want to be a part of the new order, you know what must be done. Mm -hmm. Um, Because um, several others, so, I mean, we learned that. Um, our two protagonists, the ninth and second sister in the Jedi Fallen Order game, are both former Jedi as well. Um, I want to say at least two more from the comics are revealed that way. So all Inquisitors seemingly started as Jedi, mm-hmm. which would make sense. I mean, what, like, you know, because they kind of killed a lot of people, they wouldn't really have the capability of just finding Force children, although they're trying. But you, to do that, you need Force sensitives. So they, where did they get the first batch of Inquisitors? That makes a lot of sense. From the Jedi themselves. So it just goes to show, Anakin wasn't the only one to fall. He was just the greatest. So um, anyway, so sideline conversation. But no, yeah, I was really glad you got the full experience of that reveal oh, yeah. uh, for the first time. I mean, like, it was so hype. All, well, also just so great to see. Um, you know, there's such a great character design created for the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And they're used only and exclusively for the trial, pretty much, of Ahsoka. And so to get to get good highlight. And it also explains why he's so great with the double-bladed lightsabers, because he he welded one. Wielded one. Wielded. He welded one. He rolled. Um, so anyway, so um, essentially he presents himself as the temple guard uh, to Kanan to basically tell him, hey, the boy's bad. He is leaning to the dark side, you know, get out of the way so we can kill him. So he's like, it's tempting to the fears of Kanan in that I can't stop Kanan. I can't stop Ezra from going to the dark side. I'm scared that I don't know what to do. I'm scared that he's going to make decisions and I can't help him. You know, um, almost very parental fears of how do I raise this kid? Like, how do I make sure he Mm -hmm. does the right thing? And do you think this would have been like, any different if it was instead of a temple guard maybe Deva or you know or another Jedi that he would have grown up with and known well I think the point is he needed to confront and this is all riff mm-hmm. um, I, I think the point was he needed the Jedi temple guard because they're faceless they can just mm-hmm. be the Jedi order that makes sense I think his fears are internally the Jedi wouldn't do this. They wouldn't allow me to train him. They would see what he's doing, and he would be too dangerous for this. Mm-hmm. Like, internally, the Jedi in him is saying, this is wrong, you can't do it, you have to You have to do something, but you can't teach this kid. I mean, he's proven time and time again he's too dangerous. And so what's fighting back against the Jedi in him, represented by the uh, Inquisitor, is himself the one who cares to say, no, that's not right. That's that's not the way. Like, there is a way that he can learn. There, I, You know, it, it's this internal struggle that's played out. Like, I do believe this is a manifestation of the Inquisitor 
through the force. I think that is him, but mm-hmm. I think that's what he's representing. Is he's representing the the order, what the order would say. Yeah, and to go even further into speculation, he probably was there for Ahsoka's trial. So he probably uh, has probably. Yeah, yeah. an idea of what the Jedi Temple Guard are for right. in that context. So I don't necessarily think that's his personal opinion because again, he's kind of a conduit for the force. But I definitely think I interpret it as that's what's meant to be. Because you go even further, and in order to combat him, uh, Kanan uses both a blue and red lightsaber. And I think that's symbolic of you have to be balanced. You have to have both sides. And, I mean, that involves anger sometimes. Sometimes, you know, anger is righteous. Um, You know, sometimes it involves attaching yourself. Like, there's a lot of things that have been deemed dark that are necessary in order to walk the right path. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of symbolism I pick up on and I interpret. I'm not saying that that's what it is, but it's very interesting. And, and again, I just think that Kanan gets the best experience in that because essentially he's just like, you know what? I've done the best I can. Mm-hmm. You can strike me down, but I trust that Ezra's going to make the right choice. And, and that's when that's his trial and he gets knighted. He, the yeah. force knights him. Literally like that. Oh, like, it was that's some serious credentials. That moment, and then the reveal that it is the Grand Inquisitor. Right. Like, both of those things right next to each other, it punched me in the chest. Yeah, it's so, and it's, let go. it's so good. And, you know, I think that's what he got. Now, I will say, Ahsoka got a pretty great moment, but overall, mm-hmm. it's so small that it's not, um, yeah. It, it, yeah, I don't know. I also like the fact that during Ezra's vision, Yoda is very obviously sitting on a fallen tree. Yes. Now, do you remember how he interacted with Ezra before? Yeah, he was the little Force Ghosties, or the Will-O-Wisps. Uh, sort of. I mean, little lights and everything. Yeah. But that's it. That's it. So he's full, like, Yeah, Ezra can see him now. Yeah. Oh, no. What? Wait, what? Hang on. He couldn't see him before. He can see him now. Yeah. Why are you making that face at me? I don't know. I don't don't like it. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something. <laughs> no, he's just, um, you know, he's getting he's getting stronger in the force. Uh-huh. So you could almost, I, I kind of chalk it up to clarity. Okay, yeah. He's, he's gotten stronger in the force and in his clarity that there's no good reason why Ezra couldn't see Yoda before. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted for a second. I was looking at, there's... And a still image of the lightsabers behind Kanan. Mm-hmm. And, and you're trying I, to see if Maul's is there? No. Uh-huh. It looks like Maul's, though. Where? One of them. The second one down. One of them looks... Nope. Oh. You've got Kit Fisto's Luminar and Dooley's. You've got um, two different color variations of a Temple Guard, as well as a double-bladed Temple Guard, and then two random ones. Um, uh, actually, the bottom one almost looked like Eth Koss. So many Happy Jedi to bust your there. bubble. I'm, I'm you get your sad. boy later. Calm I know. down. I'm very excited about my boy. Um, and you know, so Ahsoka's vision sort of sets up some of that. Uh, well, technically, Yoda's conversation with Ezra directly sets that up because because he has this conversation with Ezra in terms of I want to protect my friends. I want to do what's right. I want to, you know, fight and like, you know, at, Yoda's trying to tell him like winning isn't the important thing it's how you win mm-hmm. 
you know, how you fight back is important. Um, very similar to the conversations of Rose and Finn for The Last Jedi, of course, in terms of you can fight back all you want, and it might be right to begin with, but it might lead you worse down the path. Yeah. Do you think that Yoda was looking for other options? Yes. Like, yes. Yep, 100%. Yep. <laughs> it is directly, it is confirmed and from a certain point of view, uh, because Yoda wanted to train Le Leia, not mm -hmm. Luke. Um Makes so sense. he did not necessarily, that's why he says, oh, there's another. Like, that's a snide comment to Obi-Wan, like, eh, let the boy die. I always believed in his sister anyway. Well, like, when you're thinking about Skywalker bloodlust, you don't necessarily think of Luke. Oh, no, like, but arguably better. Leia would have killed Vader. Oh, immediately. Yeah, Leia would have done as told and killed Vader, and nothing would have been better for it. Yeah, the Force would have still been unbalanced. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, so Yoda kind of just reaches a point where it's just like, you know, time's running out, you, this kid's rushing, but I think he's got to be given a choice. Mm -hmm. So go to Malachor. He says to go to Malachor. Um, Ahsoka's thing is she just finally starts to accept the truth. Yeah. She reached out in the Force previously and felt Vader and didn't like what she felt. And here she just kind of accepts the truth. Um, but she's taking it that this happened because she was not there. Yeah. She's internalizing the guilt of what happened. Which makes sense. Like, I mean, in survivor's guilt in general. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. if you're not there when anything happens, you're always going to think, could it have been different? And more than likely, no. Mm -hmm. More than likely, unfortunately, no. And there are some cases where, yes, had you been there, it would have been different, but you weren't there. Yeah. And that's not a reason that you are a horrible person or that you have failed. That is the way things were. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's an order to things. Um, you know, as, as Yoda talks about with the Force, you know, um, everyone eventually becomes one with the Force. It, it, it happens. We all have a moment. Yeah. We all have an ending. Um, but when we look at that, when we look at that, towards others that have gone on, you know, we have the perspective of it's an even bigger universe on the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an even greater story on the other side. We should be happy because they're experiencing something we're not experiencing. Um, and we're eventually going to experience it. And then there's people that we're going to leave that we would want to rejoice for us and what we're experiencing. And, you know, it just keeps on. It's the cycle of life. And so, you know, understandable guilt but obviously it's personified by the dark side for a reason mm -hmm. it's not true it's not real and she knows that and she's pushing back against it but what i love is so the inquisitors do show up though they track them there and show up and they start trying to raise the temple and the temple automatically goes into to defense mode the force is just like no you are not allowed <laughs> It is a very cool moment. And it gives them a chance to escape. What I love is that on their way out, Ahsoka stops for a moment like she heard something. And she looks back and it's Yoda. And Yoda just waves at her for a moment. Yeah. And it's just a very nice moment of acknowledgement. Num I mean, because number one, here's a Jedi acknowledging me through the Force. Reinforcing, I don't have to be a Jedi because mm -hmm. I'm not a Jedi. Exactly. But I still have the force. Number two, here's this guy who, for better or worse, during parts of the war, overall was the greatest Jedi. And 
here he is acknowledging me one last time. Yeah, because I think the last words exchanged between them was just like, later, dude. I I don't know enough to yeah. say for sure, but, um, you know, I I almost wonder if Yoda knew if this that this was going to be the last time. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. It's going to make me sad. <laughs> I, I just think it's a great moment that she got to see. Because, I mean, that's the whole thing. Is this like, well, we can go try and talk to you. Like, Yoda talked to Ezra. He didn't even talk to Kanan. Mm-hmm. And he didn't talk to Ahsoka. And it could have been left at that. But the fact that Yoda specifically did want to reach out to her and just that vote of confidence, I think, that, that last moment of acknowledgement, mm-hmm. I think I think that did her good going into the next missions and everything. We've, we've got yeah. another um, Rebels Rewatch episode before the finale, um, which that's how they do it. <laughs> they build it up, and then they take a break. Yeah. Um, but uh, we are excited about that. But overall, I mean, I really enjoyed this. I love foresee visions and weirdness and everything like that, so... Uh, I thought this was when this was a pretty fun one. So hopefully you guys had fun uh, with this one we did. Um, although uh, not the finale, and although we are getting closer and closer to the finale, two great episodes, I think. Yeah, very good in between episodes. I wouldn't call them filler. I'd call them fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think a lot of rebels could be categorized as filler, um, but. Um, I think when you latch onto those character moments, it really makes a difference. It's all about your perspective going in. If you if you aren't if you refuse to be enthused, it's going to be pretty mundane. But if you go in looking for something to love, Star Wars always has something. Oh yeah, you're gonna find what you're looking for. Exactly. Um, so next week, like we mentioned, um, we've got a couple more episodes. So uh, we've got um, my one of my favorite. Uh, droid characters introduced yes. uh the perfect companion to chopper ap5 is introduced um i want to say that's the forgotten droid is the name it is indeed. and then we have uh the mystery of chopper base where they finally find a base because we have to have a home before uh you know all heck breaks loose and shenanigans ensue um but uh one more rebels rewatch and then we are on to discussing the finale uh so that's exciting we're already anticipating that'll probably be a lot more conversation than normal. These no, these episodes generally sit around 38 to 45 minutes. This one, I think, is going to be towards the longer end even, but I don't know. I mean, it's the finale. There's a lot to unpack. you got to talk about the yeah. episode, but then you've got to talk about all the other stuff. <laughs> you have to talk about the episode. You have to talk about our interpretations of what happens. You have to talk about, like... All of the times that I had a mental breakdown in between. Right. So I think, if anything, maybe what we'll do is we'll split it like we normally do an episode, but the first part we'll do just a general, here's what's going on, and then in the second part, maybe we can just riff and just just talk about it. Um, yeah. Because, again, there's a lot of things going on that deserve a lot of attention. And people have been talking about it for all the years that it's been out, but now we're talking about it, so it matters more. Um now or at I least that's what, what I tell myself. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you still don't know the space moose, though, so that's good. I don't know good. about the water buffalo. Nonetheless, um, thank you guys for listening and supporting. One great way to support the show um, is to always rate and review or whatever, wherever it is, uh, especially iTunes. iTunes would be great. Um, and share it. Just let people know you like it by sharing it. Um, let us know you like it by sharing it. 
Um, thank you to our patrons uh, who pay for this madness, uh, Jim, Rebecca, and Doug. Um, you paid for this crazy equipment, so. What are the other sound effects? We haven't um, pressed the other button. You'll have to tune in more episodes to find out. Oh, Mostly because I just don't want to right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, uh, seriously, um, thanks to uh, the support of Patreon over the last uh, year and a half, um, we have been able to bank enough to be able to really get legit with podcasting stuff, and that's exciting for us. We're very happy about it, and we're very grateful for it, and we're very just grateful for this podcast and everyone's ears that give us any amount of attention. Uh, it's constantly amazing to know that there's people that choose to listen to us. Um, so very, very awesome. So thank you all so much, um, patrons or otherwise. You're all amazing. Uh, be sure to check out red5network.com for other Star Wars podcasts podcasts um and uh, also podcasts that just talk about other things like the matrix um I, actually uh lots of cool uh interviews on some of the red five uh buddies podcasts this past week so Definitely. if you need some more listening in your ears check that out um game infinite uh place to get all your gaming news uh coverage cosplay art, all that good stuff. Um, there's a lot of news out now about the PlayStation and Xbox, and the only reason I'm able to keep up is because Jesse at Game Infinite knows what he's talking about, so we are so grateful for that and for our uh, friendship and partnership, so yeah. both of those peoples and places and things, check them out. Um, it, it'll, be, it'll be nothing but good for you. Yeah, and if you're not already, please go to Camry's Twitter and Stop. follow him. Well, he, I, it's time to stop. I want to hear his funky jams when he gets to a thousand. Okay, yes, follow him. Please don't harass him about pineapple pizza. Please don't. We've pointed him in the right direction. He refuses to go. Look, all right, we, we don't subscribe to that church method of just forcing <laughs> people. So eventually, yes. Jesus will descend from the clouds and point him the right way to go in life. He until is also that one happens. of my favorite people on Twitter. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, looks good in a blazer, so... Anyway, um, enjoy uh, the rest of your weekend and all of that goodness. Hopefully you have some Star Wars adventures or otherwise. Uh, we will be back. Uh, we are excited, very excited about the main show starting off Monday next week because we will be showcasing a new style over on YouTube. Um, so we hope you'll check it out. We do have a YouTube channel and we always post our episodes, but we're excited about uh, the new style coming this Monday. So be sure to check it out. Yeah. Complete with sound effects and voices. Yeah, and now when uh, you talk about visual aids, I can they can they'll be able to see it. It'll be awesome. You'll you'll be able to see all of our our beautifulness uh, all in your face yeah. very soon. So, but no, thank you guys. Have a great week. May the force be with you, and you know other stuff. <laughs>